Hi, I'm Melissa. Hi, I'm Kara, and you're listening to Cultivated Conversations. A space where we talk about life, family, work, where we're getting it right, and where we're getting it wrong. And what it means to live and purchase ethically in a fast-moving world. Grab a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Pull a seat up at the table and know that wherever you are on your journey, you belong. And we are so glad you've joined us. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited today. I know we took a little break after the holidays, but I'm really excited today. You're going to get to hear from Latoya, the owner of Sustainable Home Goods. So the series that Latoya is kicking off with us is, I don't even have a good word for it, but it's how ethical fashion opens our eyes and our ears to other injustices going on around the world and how we just kind of awaken to them and start learning. So we asked Latoya to come on the show to talk about race and waking up to the race conversation. So if you are a part of Be the Bridge to Racial Reconciliation or this is something that you are talking about on a regular basis and learning about educating yourself, we don't go very deep. So give us that grace. There's a lot deeper things to talk about here, but we keep it just as that awakening conversation. Now, this is a two-part podcast. We got to talking to Latoya and we spent a good 30-45 minutes just talking about life and her sustainable home goods business. And so we're going to come back next week and actually jump into the deep end of this race conversation with her. But today we're just jumping into getting to know her and talking to her about her business, how she got it started, her family, all of that. And I think you're going to love it because you're going to get to know her personally before we jump into that big conversation. So enjoy this episode. Okay, well, hey, Melissa. Glad to have you on the podcast, co-hosting with me today. So glad to be here co-hosting with you today. (laughs) As I sit in my soon-to-be nursing chair as a 38-week pregnant almost mama of four girls i know we're squeezing this in before you have a we baby. we are probably when it goes live you'll have a baby i know it's true because i am so close anytime any day now are you so. sharing if it's a girl or a boy it is it's a girl it's our fourth girl fourth we're girl so lucky mm-hmm. just one more and you'll have like the bennett sisters i know <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> Well, Melissa, why don't you introduce our guest and your friend who's on the show with us today? Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so excited about this podcast. I'm excited about my friend. I'm excited about, I'm just excited. It's just good time. So I am honored to have my dear friend uh, Latoya Tuccheroni on today. And Latoya is a rock star businesswoman who owns a home goods it's called sustainable home goods and she does awesome artisan crafted home goods from around the world that she gets to actually travel to some of those places which is super cool and um, curates from around the world so she does that she's also a mom to four so i can probably get some tips from you (laughs) just an all-around incredible woman that i'm really honored to know latoya and i have been friends for a couple of years kind of met in the fair trade world and just found ourselves 
um, actually as roommates one weekend um, at an event and we're like, oh, I like you. We could, I actually remember saying like, we could just sit in the room and talk and feel like this, this weekend would have been worth it. Right. Like, like all we, all we need to do is just like, (laughs) we flew all this way. We were in Denver, but neither of us live in Denver. She's Atlanta based (laughs) and I'm Tulsa based, but we were in Denver. Like we could have flown all the way here and paid all this money to just literally sit in our hotel. And it still would have been like the amazing weekend. Such a great weekend, yeah. such a good conference with uh, yeah. the main speaker, LaToya and yeah. Melissa. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm just really excited to have you, LaToya. So, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, unpack some of that for us and talk a little bit about your own journey, your journey in like the ethical world and fair trade and because you've you've had a journey and I'd love to for you for our listeners to hear about it a little bit. Yes, I've definitely um, had a journey. Um, like Melissa said, we've been friends for a couple of years. We met through um, a fair trade company called New Day Collection, which I'm sure you guys have talked about um, at this point. And so that was kind of the beginning of my introduction into the fair trade world. Even though it's funny, um, a lot of principles of fair trade, I would say my husband and I have believed in for years, simply because we've gotten the opportunity to travel a lot. And and we've seen that although aid is super helpful, um, we just believed that empowering people to empower themselves through trade um, is so important. And um, even the dignity that it brings to these beautiful cultures to not just have to accept things from people, but the fact that God has given people uh, skills and a trade and a beautiful culture that they can share with other people is something that has always been in our hearts and something that we've believed in. And so when I was introduced to Noonday, it was kind of like a natural kind of like, yes, you know, I, I completely believe in this. And so that kind of translated into to um, me starting my own business, doing um, sustainable home goods and accessories. Um, While I love jewelry, um, I feel like home decor and arts and textiles are kind of more my jam. Um, And so I decided to kind of take off in that direction and um, start the business. And it's been great, been around for about a year now. So just learning how to do life and be a mama to four kids. And my husband owns his own business as well. So um, I get to travel with him sometimes and work as a photographer. So it's been a lot of fun to kind of combine a lot of different things that I love to do and that I deeply, deeply uh, believe in. So how just business-wise, because I'm super curious, how are you meeting these artisan groups that you're supplying in your shop? Yeah, so a couple of different ways. Um, Some groups we've gotten to um, meet directly through traveling to different countries. So when we went to Guatemala, 
Um, we met with a group there that we found and um, purchased bags from them. Um, some are through the Fair Trade Federation, which is an amazing organization with amazing yeah. resources. So if you are looking to just educate yourself on fair trade or, you know, even start your own uh, business, they have a whole list of organizations yeah. that fall underneath their oversight. And so just use them as a resource to find wholesalers and to reach out to them and connect with them. And um, it's been fun just to hear about all the cool things that people are doing around the world to yeah. just in, empower marginalized people groups. Um, so, yeah, so I would say those are two of the biggest ways. And then we're looking to develop some resources here in Atlanta. Um, something super cool is 10 minutes up the road is Clarkston, Georgia, which is the most diverse square mile um, in the entire U.S. There are just thousands and thousands of resettled refugees who live there. Um, and so getting to just be a part of that community has been really beautiful. And so we're hoping to develop some more relationships there as far as craft and creating and job creation is concerned. I love that. Yeah. That's a huge part of my heart is Yay. refugees and former refugees. We're actually, I've um, connected with a group called Treetop Collective. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I haven't. Um, I met them at CCDA Community Development conference a few months back and they work with refugees and refugee artisans and so hoping to have them on soon to talk about refugees and awesome relationships you can build what a such a special community um well what i like too is i was i'd actually shared this recently with some with a group of mine news article called like 99 good stories you probably didn't hear about and it was an overview of like 99 awesome things that happened in 2018 that we didn't hear about because, of course, the news is yeah. sad <laughs> and yeah. horrible to listen to most of the time, right? Um, don't make money but, off of lighthearted stories. Right. Yeah. But yeah. there was two that actually stood out to me in terms of kind of this idea of coming alongside with things like fair trade and business versus aid. And the mm -hmm. first was that for the first time, pretty much in human history, it is the first time that the majority of humankind is either no longer poor or vulnerable to falling into poverty for the first time ever. This wow, happened in amazing. 2018. We like crossed wow. the threshold. And the second was that um, the UN released a report showing that 271 million people in India have moved out of poverty since 2005, nearly halving the country's poverty rate in one decade. Wow. What? That's amazing. Isn't that, that is amazing? So, so cool. amazing. And I can guarantee you that so much of that has to do with yes. fair mm -hmm. business practices, right? Yes. Especially in somewhere yes. like India, because I know India is a huge yes. um, fair yeah. trade like huge. supplier. And yep. um, anyway, but I just thought that's so cool that this yeah. isn't just something we're talking about, but it's actually making, making a, a real difference. Yeah. Like, India's poverty rate has been halved since yeah. 2005. That's insane. Well, and I loved on that list, Melissa, it talked about, like, I think Bali and a few other places are getting rid of or outlawing, I don't know the correct terminology, single-use plastic. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's huge, Incredible. Too. Latoya, did I see on your Instagram, are you guys about to start 
supplying some reusable plastic. Yeah, yeah. So we're diving into some like sustainable products. So we're trying to, yeah, I feel like when you have your own business, you're, you're always trying to like feel out what direction, but that is definitely something that we want to dive into and what, and something really that I personally love about Africa and working with African artisans is like the ingenuity Uh of creating and taking resource, natural resources and making something beautiful out of them, whether it's flip-flops or um, I saw these beautiful bracelets made out of like telephone wire um, that's being reused. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. Like we could learn so much about how to take our resources and, and turn them into something beautiful. Um, Yeah from Africa. So yeah, so that's definitely a direction that we're looking at trying to go. It's so beautiful. My daughter, she at school, she wrote a letter to our governor about um, hope, wishing that he would make a law about creating more biodegradable plastics. And it was like a two page letter. She's eight years old. Um, and he wrote her back. So she's the first student that has ever had, um, somebody write them back. And, uh, so I think that was powerful for her to see her voice, but even tonight though, she was just brokenhearted. Um, she's just like, I just hear about all these bad things that people are doing to the planet. And, you know, she's like, I'm scared. It's going to get destroyed like while I'm still alive and, you know, and having to really just encourage her, like, you know, we, we can be the change. Like Mm -hmm. we can go out there and and make a difference and, and be heroes and advocates in that way. So it's really cool. It's like, cool. It's like our kids are watching what we do. I need to send you this link and we should post it in the podcast notes too, because it will encourage your daughter because it talks about all the ways that, the world is actually getting better. And yeah. in, mm-hmm. it talks about like several animals that came off the endangered list faster than yeah. it's ever happened. And like, there's That's just places great. where you're like, yeah, where it's like, yes, there's work to do, but our work actually can make a difference. Right. And exactly. It's so interesting. You're talking about your kids because one of my kids was actually up last night um, weeping <laughs> because of, um, she wanted to know if the president was still making kids at the border separate oh, from wow. their parents. Oh, wow. And then she was processing, essentially, could we ever be separated? Mm. And if we leave the country and come back, will they take me away from you? Mm. And, right, like, she was, like, trying to, like, yeah. you know, and her heart was heavy. It was heavy with the burden of these kids and what they're facing and her own fears because we do a lot of international travel right and she's like yeah um what's gonna happen when we come back in like what's will will they try to take me away and um you know and I just thought I'm so grateful to have kids whose hearts are soft towards um towards the hard places right yeah yeah um towards things like environmentalism or places of justice because i do think environmentalism is a huge place of justice yeah um 
you know, with these different spaces in our world where hard things are happening. And the truth is that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was telling my husband last night, I said, you know, we can comfort our daughter because we can tell her, no, they won't. But that mm-hmm. is our privilege. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that is, that is a place of privilege that we hold a passport and so no we won't and you know these various scenarios won't end up happening because of of different privileges in our life and um and I was telling him about this idea of like how do we leverage our privilege towards good work in the world right yeah yeah I mean I always tell people you know, one of my mottos, hashtags, whatever in my business is win-win, you know, because, you know, what the beauty of ethical purchasing is it really is a win-win for everyone. It's like you get to, consumers get to purchase beautifully made, you know, goods and um, artisans get to have good, sustainable jobs and work. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just one of the few arenas where yeah like everybody comes out ahead and everybody has a need right like you're going to buy clothes you are going to buy things from your home so why not do it in a manner that's beneficial to to everyone because it's going to happen and and you know but like you said i think being mindful of your privilege and and i think a lot of americans like you know, struggle with that of really understanding their purchasing power and really understanding that that is a privilege to be leveraged. I think mm-hmm. most people think they're broke. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. well, you know, you're comparatively, you know, not, not really. Um, but how can yeah. you begin to be mindful of, of what you're buying and, and why and who's on the other end? Yeah. My niece lives in Asia and she, um, a few years, she came to visit a few years ago and she said, Aunt Kara, are you rich? Yes, honey. I'm rich. Mm -hmm. She's like, huh? Okay. (laughs) But like you said, Melissa, in the, in the world we are and, and especially the world she sees a lot. There's actually a site called globalrichlist.com that you can go to and you can put in your Mm -hmm. income and it will tell you like your income and how many people are in your house and that kind of stuff. And it will tell you what percentage of like Mm -hmm. the world you fall into. And it's pretty shocking. (laughs) You're like, okay, okay. Right. Just perspective, just a little bit of perspective because it's really hard. And, and, and the thing is like, to give grace, it's really hard to have perspective when you totally. live in America because our we're so skewed onto one end of the bell curve of wealth, right? That it's really hard to have perspective on what wealth is or mm-hmm. is not or, you know, and, um, and so granted, I feel like, especially if you've not had a chance to engage some of the places that, um, live in poverty and you've never seen abject poverty in that way, it's hard to understand how 
you know, how you could be wealthy because our wealth here is so um, extreme Mm -hmm. that even people who are well, we are well off, we are able to afford, you know, like we have disposable income. It doesn't feel like wealth because we can see something so much more really clearly around us all the time. And so I do want to give grace to our listeners to like, it's not a place of like, feeling guilty about it will will do no one any good yeah right and and so it's not it's not a conversation of guilt it's a conversation of oh Mm, i have something Mm, to leverage here and that's a gift right like that is um yeah that's a huge gift that we have and well it's funny brian stevenson um who wrote the book just mercy i think something really beautiful he talks about is Mm. um is proximity, you know, and that principle of just being, I think that's why proximity is so important because it's the principle of being close to those who are different than you. Um, and, and so that Mm -hmm. your perspective can grow and change and expand, you know, Mm -hmm. but if you, you know, if you always kind of remain around the, the same people and the same context and the same circles, then it is going to be really hard for you to be able to um, understand the power and the leverage uh, that that you do have. And, you know, I know that that was a powerful part of my story and understanding a lot of different things was just to step back and look at it from the perspective of another person, but then to go to their country, to go to mm-hmm. their home, to, uh, you know, wherever, to be close to them and let them in close to me. I mean, that's just, that's just a, a game changer as yeah. well. So. Mm-hmm. I love where our conversation is already headed. I do want to back up. I want to hear about your family. Four kids? Yes. So we have four kids close in age. We were like, let's get her done. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so we have a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. Um, two Ooh. girls are the oldest. Two boys are the youngest. So that's so much fun. Um so, Wait, yeah, boys so, are the youngest, girls are the oldest. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. Which is amazing because <laughs> they're so they're so great and they're so helpful and the girls are super close. They don't even call each other by their first names. They just call each other sister. Um, uh-huh. So seeing their relationship is just super sweet. And then our fourth, we adopted. Um, we did a domestic infant adoption. So we got uh-huh. him when he was um, 18 days old. Okay. Um, his name is Theo. Um, and yeah, and the girl's names, the oldest is Leona. After her is Bellamy, then Atticus, and then Theo. Um, I love naming kids. I told my husband yeah. the other day, I was like, I almost want to have another kid just so I can like name them. Right. <laughs> so many, like, well, almost, almost want to have another kid. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're just, they're great. Um, thankful to be able to be their mama and kind of similar to what Melissa said, just thankful for their sensitive hearts mm-hmm. to these things. I think as they see um 
Andrew and I, you know, uh, trying to speak truth and live in light of justice and integrity. Um, they just ask really good questions and, uh, want to be involved. Like I've gotten the opportunity to be, um, on the head of the diversity committee at their school, at their elementary Uh school. And so that's been fun to kind of take something I'm passionate, also passionate about, which is Mm -hmm. racial reconciliation and apply it to the environment that my kids are in daily and say, you know, how can we engage in this issue and this arena? Um, Uh How can we help influence the next generation coming up underneath us? How can we also help to influence their parents so that the Mm -hmm. conversations that they're having at home um, are fruitful and beneficial? Um, So yeah, so that's been, that's been really great. What is that called again? Um, the diversity, the diversity committee? committee. Yeah. Yeah. Diversity. Is that, is that usual? My kids are not, they'll start pre-K and kindergarten next year. So is that normal at a school to have a diversity committee? Um, so we, in our little school system, we're really the only elementary yeah, we're like the only elementary that has a dedicated committee towards that. Um, but it's funny because it started out with a Black History Month event. Like uh-huh. we actually do like a separate one at night. So it's not just the kids learning about Black History in school, but uh-huh. um, helping it to come alive. We do what's called a living museum. And then Ooh. it just kind of morphed from there. Um into something bigger and my hope um, is actually to kind of create a replicable system because the word is getting out about what we're doing and 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 people want to know and so yeah so trying to set up a replicable system that people could set up in their schools and it's just little things you know it's it's not rocket science it's it's about creating a platform, right? You know, Melissa, you're talking Mm -hmm. about privilege. I think one of the beneficial outworkings of privilege is creating platforms for people to engage. Um, And so that's just Mm -hmm. really the heart of the diversity committee is how do we create platforms for parents to engage with each other, uh, with educators who can come and speak to them about um, conversations they uh, could be having with their kids, with each other. How do we create platforms for the kids to begin to really see and value diversity? Um, how do we create platforms for them to engage in these justice issues to maybe see the world from a different perspective? So. So yeah, that's kind of the heart of it. But I would love to see it at more schools because again, yeah. it's not it's not rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, Melissa, why have we asked Latoya to besides this awesome business? And <laughs> I mean, we're like thirty minutes into this conversation, just chatting about Latoya and her life and her business, I know. and <laughs> which is awesome. I'm like, we really. We really essentially are (laughs) like part A is Latoya's awesome business. And like, seriously, Latoya, I could just be like, 
Tell me more. <laughs> I could keep Tell talking. me more. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know you're good. Well, didn't you get to go somewhere? Where did you go uh, this past year? Yeah. So the hubby and I got to go last year. We went to Cuba and we went to Italy as well. So Italy, we got to take the whole family. Um, and that was great. And, uh, something really beautiful about that, uh, that I, I I would like to impart onto other people is really learning about another culture through their craft, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. And so I was like, I'm going to be very intentional mm. to think about that. So even at our beautiful Airbnb, mm. like they had ceramic light fixtures. I'm like, I have never seen ceramic light fixtures mm. before. And then we go in town and eat and all the ceramic pieces were so beautiful. And the place we were staying at beautiful ceramic, uh, uh, mugs and bowls and plates and so finally I'm like they're all from the same place so I was like tell me about this place and they're like oh yeah it's Tapanazi they're like 10 minutes up the road so we're like sweet so we always my husband and I always rent a car wherever we go um, because it just gives you the freedom to go off the beaten path drove to this little family-owned ceramic shop and got to see how they make these pieces by hand, how they glaze them and put them in the kennel. And, um, yeah, it was just so cool. And then got to purchase a bunch and bring it home. And, um, so that was, that was a lot of fun to really experience that culture through the craft. We went to the South of Italy, got some shoes made in Postiano because that's what they're known for is their leather working and their, and their shoes. And so again, it's just really cool to get to do that. Um, and then we went to Cuba, which was fantastic. Um, it is definitely for the seasoned mm. traveler. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's not Disneyland um, <laughs> at all. Did you take the whole family? No, 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 no. This was just uh, this is just a mommy daddy trip. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but but again, it was really beautiful um, to you really get to experience the culture there because very few people speak English. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to go about two and a half hours out to go to like a cigar making farm, um, also where they make rum and honey mm-hmm. and again, just really cool ways to, mm-hmm. to experience the culture and, and bring some of that, um, back home with us. So yeah, the world's a beautiful place and I love it. I'll need to get out there. Yeah. Josh and I always say, it's good for our mental health to get out of the country at least yeah. once a year. Well, it's right? funny because we got to travel. <laughs> you know, this past year I traveled um, to three different countries in 2018. Yeah. Yeah, we, we went, went on, on an epic, epic trip journey. with our kids. <laughs> yeah. I told Joel, uh, my husband, I said, you know, next time let's go to like South America or I don't know, somewhere closer because we always end up taking. So we went to Myanmar and Thailand. Like that's yeah, yeah. Like even <laughs> Europe, even Europe, it's right? Would be one flight, like yeah. or at least a little flight in the states, and then yeah. like a you know seven hour flight. We're on these like sixteen hour flights. We have like three different planes. Oh, we're on. Wow. I mean, it's just insane. Anyway, but um, so we went to Myanmar and Thailand, and then I got to go to Peru, and I told Joel, I said I we're in trouble because I already feel like it's been too long. 
Like I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> girl, yes. <laughs> like like I, I already told him I was like, when, when's our next trip? Like, what's the sweet spot? Like, when do we? Oh, you know, yeah. so we're talking about like a sweet spot with the baby, and like where can we go, and what should we do? And anyway, and I'm like, babe, we're crazy. Oh, yeah. we're crazy. oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. I got it's the travel bug. It is. It's real. Like I've already mapped it got, out. We've already got plans. <laughs> oh yeah, we already got plans. And then I'm like, oh, the World Trade um, Organization. They're having their conference in Lima this yeah. year. Oh, so that's not I'm far. Already, like, how do I get I there? How do I get there? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I totally understand. I know. My husband leaves for Vietnam and three weeks and oh, yeah man. and I'm, I'm like yeah that's great but when are we going like what are we all going you know I know like, <laughs> right my husband's going to New Zealand and I'm like oh, oh man. that's gonna be incredible yeah yeah I know I know oh. so cool so cool <laughs> hey guys didn't y'all enjoy hearing from Latoya and getting to know her better she has a beautiful business and you do all this stop what you're doing pull the car over, look at sustainable home goods, and purchase and enjoy. We'll be back with Latoya next week. We're going to jump right back into the middle of our conversation talking about race. So we'll see you next week.